The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Welcome to your Wednesday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Buy low, sell high. Also, a new segment called Sell High or Heath Sigh. We'll get to that a little bit later. We'll take a look at the Thursday night game, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Not going to be sitting too many people in that game. But what about guys like MVS, Josh Palmer? Is Mike Williams going to have a bounce back game against the Chiefs? And we'll have your injury updates as well. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard and Heath Cummings. Are you guys ready to wheel and deal? Yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Not, How's that for not, not as much? No. I, I want I want people to proceed with caution on these trades after one week. Um, we 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 got a little glimpse of what's to come, but there's there's so much that's going to change between now and even week three, so just be careful. I was looking at um, at Aaron Rodgers. And how he finished week one as QB 32, the worst starting quarterback in fantasy football. And last year, he was QB 35 after week one (laughs) and was QB two from that point forward. So you're saying I shouldn't trade my DJ Moore for Taysom Hill and Deshaun Watson? I saw on Twitter this morning, someone dropped DJ Moore for Devin DuVernay. Oh. And I got... I don't remember a guy getting as many messages, people upset about DJ Moore as they were after one week. Guys, first and second and third round players are going to have bad weeks, bad two weeks. Yeah. It's it's okay. Yeah. I said I've said it a hundred times now. They ran fifty plays, second fewest in the NFL. Give them a break. Like Michael Pittman ran Michael Pittman's team ran forty more plays than DJ Moore's team. Think about that. Michael Pittman had almost an <laughs> extra game than DJ Moore. Ninety plays. Yeah at 50 and Cincinnati ran I think 95 94 95 96 somewhere in that range the, the most disturbing thing of all was that on Monday night Seattle actually ran fewer I know than Carolina <laughs> did 49 like, I did not think it was possible for them to remain this slow and they did <laughs> there's <laughs> another weird thing Carolina did you know how many runs outside of the tackles they had they didn't have that many runs so I'm gonna guess four I know DJ Moore had one that's the only one <laughs> Is, uh, I think they're purposely trying to break Christian McCaffrey. Every single run he had was either right up the middle or over guard. Wow. That's it. And he didn't have a ton of runs. It was weird. It was not what I was expecting. And he didn't have that many catches I, either. I think they Something knew they they had such a terrible mismatch on the outside between the yeah, Cleveland's edge and their yeah. edge. Yeah. They, they just had no chance. That was, that was the biggest mismatch in the game. Sure, and the Jets are going to have a similar mismatch, but I bet they'll do a better job managing that than what we saw from Carolina. Okay, so today on the show, we also have the Fantasy Cops. 
to settle your league disputes, including one in a CBS Sports League amongst us. And let's get right to it. A quick trivia question here before we get into buy low and sell high. Uh, There were two quarterbacks, two quarterbacks that, according to True Media, which is a stat source that we use, did not have a single off-target throw in week one. Who were those two quarterbacks that did not have a single off-target throw in week one? Taysom Hill. (laughs) No. And... They both play in the same state, kind of. I, I, um... Oh, wow. Oh, Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. <laughs> Correct. Correct. I, I don't, I, my, my, actually my internet froze while you were telling me what the two things were. But when you said they both play in the same state, kind of, I knew it was Josh Allen and either <laughs> Daniel Jones or Joe Flacco. <laughs> they were the two, the, the two players who did not have an off-target throw last week. All right, favorite by low candidate. Oh. Like I saw an off-target throw from Josh Allen and Daniel Jones. What, a throwaway? Or no. like a legit one? Uh, yeah, it's, was it's, Daniel Jones' interception on target? <laughs> was Josh Allen's second interception on target? I don't even remember Daniel Jones' interception. I remember his fumble. Did he throw an interception in the end zone? Oh, yeah. Oh, that was a terrible pass. How was that not <laughs> off target? Yeah, it's subjective. All right. Heath, who's your favorite by low? That's got to be DJ Moore, right? Like somebody actually dropped him for Devin DuVernay. And somebody else sent me a tweet, said, I would rather have Robbie Anderson and a punter than DJ Moore. <laughs> um, so I think nobody really believed that DJ Moore was as good as I did in the first place. And then he had a bad game. So, yeah, I would like to uh, I'd like to buy a low on DJ Moore. I'd like to maybe offer like a Jerry Judy for a DJ Moore. It's so much Baker. It's everybody. I've seen so much of it. I'm showing this comment right now. People just think Baker stinks and he's not that much of an upgrade. So that that's what it is, Heath. Uh, and what's your response to that? Um, maybe Baker got a lot worse than he's been through his entire career. And people, I'm telling you, like, they're so oh, down. I know. On, they're so down I, on DJ Moore right now and so down on Baker Mayfield. I think it's a huge overreaction. I, I have mostly had positive experience over the last couple of years on Twitter um, with, like, it seems like I can make six bad calls, and the one good thing I say is all I hear about on Twitter. My, my Twitter followers are fantastic. That has not been my experience the past couple really? of days. Um, the deep people are really upset about DJ Moore. Okay. All right, so Jerry Judy for DJ Moore, something you would do. Um, I'm assuming you would still trade Gabriel Davis for DJ Moore? I, I, I would trade Gabe Davis, yes. Gabe Davis for I DJ would. Moore. Dave, would you rather have DJ Gabe Moore? Gabe Davis and Gabriel Davis. Yes. Who would you rather have, up. Dave? DJ Moore or Gabe Davis? DJ Moore. Okay. Uh, I you, pro- cannot, you cannot let one, player, one player's performance, especially in the first week of the season, completely cloud your judgment unless there's like legitimate evidence. Like, did you watch DJ Moore play? Heath? Did he look like DJ Moore or did he look like DJ Tanner? I mean, you know, I, I watched him play for like 15 minutes because that's how long they had the ball. Right. <laughs> uh, well, like it's a different story with Allen Robinson for me because I watched Allen Robinson play and there are so many factors that I think go against Robinson that if he if he doesn't get literally seven plus targets every single game, I think he's going to disappoint. I don't think he's good enough to be hyper efficient and, and pop here and there. Or if he scores every week, I I, I don't think that necessarily happens. So he's not my buy low. He's not my best buy. Low. The, I was going to say there's a wide receiver in that range that I'm terrified of after after week one, and it was Darnell Mooney because they really? were playing they were playing from behind for a good portion of that game. And they threw 17 passes. Like their offensive philosophy is just don't lose the game on offense. Run, 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 run. Mm. Keith, aren't you, don't you have to take the conditions into account? I don't. I uh, and this is true for Trey Lance as well. Because like I said, that was the game I watched more of live than any other. The conditions simply were not that bad for the first two and a half, two and three quarters quarters. It, right. it was, just wasn't that bad. And that's the time when the Bears were mostly playing from behind. Okay. All right, Dave, who's your favorite by low? DK Metcalf. He had seven targets. He didn't do anything with it, and he fumbled. And I think people who took him knew the risks of Geno Smith sabotaging his numbers when they drafted him, and his ADP reflected that. 
And now the the casual person might think, oh, it's going to be like this every week where he gets a good catch amount, but he doesn't do anything with it. I call hogwash. I think he ends up being not great, but certainly better than five yards per catch. I think Geno played well and didn't embarrass himself in the game. The more that they utilize other players in the offense, the more likely it'll be that Metcalf doesn't draw double teams all the time. And he's clearly going to get targets. He had 25% of Geno's targets. It is a slow-paced offense. He's not going to have 10 targets very often. But I think he's absolutely worth trying to buy low on because it easily this was his worst game of the year. That goes without saying. And he, he still should pop for at least six weeks moving forward. Uh, and I, I said on this, the live stream last night, it's possible that he was facing a truly elite cornerback in Patrick Sertan who stuck to him like glue the entire game. So uh, and, and yeah, Gino's Their still schedule does threw, get easier. Still threw at him a I, lot. I, after, so, after this week. The only thing I'm not sure about, because he had seven catches for 36 yards. Forget about the fumble. I don't care about that. That's 10.6 PPR fantasy points. For his career, he's caught 61% of his targets and averaged 8.8 yards per target. So seven targets should be four catches for 60 yards. That's still 10 PPR fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably a touchdown once every three weeks. Do you think the cat? This is DK Metcalf we're talking about here, though. I, I'll just follow up with this, and then we should move on. Uh, do you think the catch rate's going to go up now, though, because he's not going to be used the same way? He won't. The yards won't yeah. be the same, but the catch rate might, because you know Wilson was more of a downfield guy with Metcalf, and Geno probably won't be. But Geno will take shots with him. It's just not going to be as frequently I, as Russ did. I think the catch rate will likely. I, I could be convinced that the catch rate will go up, but. I would expect a corresponding decline in the yardage. Yeah, oh, for sure. All right, leave us an Apple Podcast review. That's a great way to get your question read on the air. We have a Saturday mailbag that we record on Friday, so get your question, your start sits, or whatever, your trade questions in early uh, in the week, and that's Apple Podcast. Leave us a nice five-star review. Please tell everybody why you like the show. We'd really appreciate that. We're trying to become the number one sports podcast in the planet, so we need your help. In uh, the planet. Uh, on the, yeah, in the uni- a galaxy, I would even say. There's some pretty good ones you know, out there in other galaxies, but in this one, we want to be number one. So leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcast, and here are our favorite sell-high candidates. Heath said buy low on DJ Moore. Dave said buy low on DK Metcalf. And Dave, who's your favorite sell-high? I, uh, I like both these guys as sell-highs, provided that your running backs are in good shape. Kareem Hunt. And Miles Sanders, because I don't think Kareem Hunt's going to get two touchdowns. This is probably among his best games of the year. The upside with him really comes if Chubb gets hurt, and that could happen. But I I think I'm going to go with Sanders. Sanders is my favorite sell high. He's coming off of a monster game against a a defense that I think is not going to be great this year against the run again in Detroit. And he's sharing still too much. Only played 50% of the snaps. So if you can sell high, go to the Elijah Mitchell manager. And see if you can turn Miles Sanders into somebody that was taken in the first three or four rounds. And that's the thing, right? I mean, it's not that you sh- you can't keep Miles Sanders. It's not like, you know, he he can certainly outperform where you drafted him, maybe round eight or something like that, and have some good weeks. But he's not going to be, in all likelihood, he's not going to be a consistent week-to-week star. So Dave said, someone you got in the first three or four rounds. you got to sell high here. Uh, now, there's a difference. So, uh, okay, DJ Moore. Right. But Dave, my favorite sell high, and and I think the one that I saw the most on Twitter when I asked who would you sell high on is Cordero Patterson. And I want to ask you the difference between Sanders and Patterson. Similar ADPs, both coming off encouraging week ones. The usage for Patterson was much better than that for Miles Sanders. Who would you rather have? And, and I would just say, like, I could just see Cordero Patterson being basically useless at some point this year. I don't, I don't know if you agree with that, but I think he's by far my favorite sell high. I don't think it's going to be immediate. I mean, you might be able to get a good month out of him, but I just don't buy it. And uh, career high in carries and yards in week one, I don't think they're going to use him 20 carries a game. Um, so I like. I feel like Sanders could be someone that's still worth rostering, flex-worthy most of the year. Patterson, I feel like sell high because... He's Cordaro Patterson. He's like 30 years old or whatever and has had one good season and it wasn't even a good full season. Do you, what do you see, how do you compare those two players who are both sell-high candidates, Sanders and Patterson? I wonder if we said the exact same thing when after his first big game last year. <laughs> yes. 
I can almost, okay. almost guarantee it. But he did. Hey, he struggled uh, yeah, down me too, the stretch. Because he had never done it before. And then he goes on to be like the most consistent running back in fantasy football until he gets hurt. Uh, I think you can get more in a trade for Patterson than you can for Sanders. Oh, I, I think really? Yeah, I really, I, because I think the general public saw one game of Cordero Patterson crushing it against a really tough defense. Or at least we think they're a tough defense. Yeah, Twitter poll? And, and they'll, they'll buy it. back Let's in. Let's do it. And I kind of buy in a little bit too. I think he's their best. I th- he might be their best. He's definitely their best running back. Might he be their best offensive weapon as well? Okay, but do you think? I mean, answer the. I guess answer the question. Who would you rather have, Sanders or Patterson? I, I and, did. I'd rather have Patterson. Okay, and then so you don't think that he could be like a total bust down the stretch? Basically. I think both of these guys could. Okay, exactly. Both of them could, but I think you can get more for Patterson. So who would you rather have in a full PPR league rest of season? Right? Is the Twitter poll? Yep. And we'll do it on I YouTube it. too. Oh, you got it. All right, go for it. Good, do it I'm, on both. I'm gonna Let's forget see. to check. It'd be so. funny if YouTube was different than than uh, than Twitter, but. I, I I think people know that Sanders has serious competition. It, here's the funny thing. They know that Sanders has serious competition for touches as well as for touchdowns and short yardage because of Jalen Hurts. I don't know if they're thinking about Mariota in that same way with Patterson. They're close. They're close on the trade chart. They're close in my mind. But yeah. I, I think Patterson might be a little bit better. Uh, I'm Sanders interested. is playing the Lions every week. I'm interested to see what happens because Damian Williams got two of the first three carries before he left. And yeah, I, that's over. It's no, over. I, Patterson proved that he can handle it. I just don't know that they want him to handle it. He's he's a, not really a running back, you know? Well, then they're going to have a bad run game. That's exactly I've thought that from day one. That's the thing. Like I, I didn't think they were going to have a good run game, but they surprised me in week one. Let's see what happens going forward with Patterson. All right, we'll see. We'll check on the Twitter results. Uh, Heath, who's your favorite sell high? I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson. Um, he was phenomenal and he has the history of being a borderline or high end number two running back each of the past two seasons. And I still think it's pretty likely when Brian Robinson comes back, maybe it'll be mid season. They're hoping week five, but I don't know if it'll be a hundred percent week five that Brian Robinson's going to earn double digit carries in this offense. And Gibson's not likely to be the short yardage back, and he's going to have to share passing downs with JD McKissick. Now I, I was encouraged that they used him in the passing game so much more than McKissick. And I think that there is a chance that Robinson comes back and it's just Robinson and Gibson as opposed to Robinson and McKissick with Gibson backing both of them up. Still, 130-yard game, seven catches, 19 fantasy points. I'd call it 20. Um, I Absolutely looking to sell at Gibson. And I should have put him in the poll. Gibson, by the way, played only one snap on third down. So his catches came on first and second down, and he was split right. out. From what I saw on P- on PFF, he was split out wide once. I mean, he ran like a real route and made a nice, great downfield catch, but they weren't really using him that way. They were just throwing uh, the ball Dave on first was right. and second down. Did, did, did not take many votes at all that Cordero Patterson is just destroying Miles Sanders. Take advantage. I'm not saying you should hang on. I'm saying between the two, I'd rather have Patterson. But I would try and trade both. Patterson's a good sell-high candidate, especially since you probably drafted Patterson after Sanders. Uh, I'll just ask this. Uh, I think I know the answer, but who would you rather have rest of season, Jeff Wilson or Cordero Patterson? Patterson. Heath? Patterson? Yes, for sure. Okay. And I'll tell you what. I think Gibson's trade value is higher than both these guys. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm going to run a Gibson-Patterson poll next, I think, because Sanders is not close. Would you rather have any of these three guys, Sanderson, Patterson, Gibson, or Brees Hall? Hmm. I'd rather start uh, all I, of them this week. Uh, yeah. I think format matters. Although Hall had a lot of catches. I don't I just, I just don't know. They, there were 19 targets to the Jets running backs last week. Five of them look like design plays to me, which means that there were 14 checkdowns. Joe Flacco did not want to get hit. Um, I think Hall's better in non-PPR. I would take Gibson. I would say Gibson has more value rest of season. I don't, I don't want to do a... I don't know about rest of season, but in, in as far as fantasy trades go, over Hall right now. I don't love doing 180s, but... I feel like I need to do a 180 on Brees Hall from where I was about a month ago when I was extremely excited to draft him. 
think it could be a Javante. Oh, I would be patient. I think it could be a Javante type of season. Just kind of frustrating. My, Michael Carter just not going to go away. Like I, I don't still. Well, we, what's that? We said that the tweet. It's funny that like he show we're showing here on YouTube the uh, the Cordero Patterson poll. But as Adams talking about changing his mind on Brees Hall, the tweet that I retweeted just before I did this poll um, is might be relevant to Brees Hall. What is it? It's the when all of the rookie wide receivers broke out. Be patient. <laughs> yeah, and Brees Hall is not a receiver, but still. No, I know. Be patient with rookies in general. Would you trade Cordaro Patter- Patterson for Damian Pierce? No. Uh, Patterson's higher on the trade chart, so that means no. Yep. Okay, the trade chart is awesome. Correct. By the right. way. Dave publishes a trade chart every week, gives you sort of a rest-of-season value for every relevant player, and will help you make trades. Now, you shouldn't take it as... God, it's not like 100% accurate because your team, your depth at a certain position should influence your trades as well. But if you want to know how to value players rest-of-season, please check out the trade chart. It's so cool. It's great stuff. Dave, it is football season. A lot of staples of the football season. You got the roar of the crowd. You got the touchdown dances. You got pick sixes. And how about Miller Lite? Since 1975, Miller Lite has been a mainstay in the stadium, at the tailgate, and in Dave Richards' fridge. I don't know about since 1975, but more recently, a mainstay. <laughs> yes. A mainstay in your fridge. Maybe in Dave Richards' dad's fridge. There you go. A man can change his mind, right? I could become a wide receiver guy. I could become a super flex guy. I could become a yards per target guy, but I can also be a Miller Lite guy. And if you're a beer lover, you don't want watered down flavor. That's no good. You want the original light beer. You want a beer that actually tastes like beer. And that's what Miller Lite is. Miller Lite actually tastes like beer. And with college football here, it's great to kick back on Saturdays and just pop open a Miller Lite and enjoy the games. I know I'll be doing it on Saturday night. When our Canes take on Texas A&M, it is basically the season on the line for the Canes. <laughs> and I just can't think of a I, I can't think of just a better way to just take it easy and enjoy the games with a nice, cold, refreshing Miller Lite. Football season brings back the big hits, so reach for the biggest hit of them all, Miller Lite. You can find Miller Lite pretty much everywhere beer is sold, or you don't even have to leave your house. Go to MillerLite.com slash FFT for delivery options near you. It's Miller time. All right, guys, uh, let's do some news and notes here. Keenan Allen, unlikely to play this week. They have the Thursday game against the Chiefs. Also, Donald Parham is out this week. That's their other tight end, so that's going to make Gerald Everett more appealing. He's a top 10 tight end for all three of our analysts right now. And J.C. Jackson, their star cornerback who they got from the Patriots, missed week one. And boy, it showed as Devontae Adams torched them. Uh, he's li- he was listed as limited in their walkthrough on Tuesday. So, I don't know if it was a walkthrough, but a light practice, whatever it was. He was listed as limited. Let's hope he can get back out there. J.C. Jackson for the Chargers. Najee Harris is questionable. He says he's playing. Mike Tomlin didn't exactly commit to that. And Mike Tomlin said that Jalen Warren did not urinate down his leg, which is always something I'm looking for in a rookie running back, Heath. Yeah, I am. How are we feeling about Najee Harris if he does play this week? I feel... Really, really gross about him. Patriots. It was a, um, a bad um, performance from the Steelers' offensive line all the way around. The one thing the Patriots were pretty darn good at in week one was stopping the run, and that's historically been something they've pre- been pretty good at. Mitchell Trubisky only threw 8% of his passes to running backs, and Najee Harris had a Liz Frank injury, that was reported as an ankle injury, and now a an injury that apparently was not a re-aggravation of a list, Frank, but is being reported as an ankle injury. I just don't feel confident he's going to finish the game or be very good if he does. Okay, well, I don't think people are going to sit him, but would you rank him outside your top, say, 15? Najee Harris? I, my projections, I had him 32nd. I moved him up to, like, 23rd in the rankings. Okay. But that, oh, sorry, yeah, no. It's I, did, am I the only one with any concern, Dave? No, I've got concern too. Um, but I obviously have him much higher in my rankings because you're talking about a running back that is going to get a lot of work. Um, but we don't ha- even have confidence he's going to get a lot of work. He's not healthy. That's a good point. 
let's see how much he practices this week. If he ends up only practicing one day this week, then I think there's legitimate cause. But if he's going out on, you know, radio shows and saying, I'm fine, I'm good to go, I'm going to play, then I, I trust it. I believe it. If the practice report says differently, that's when things will change. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys here. Dak Prescott avoided IR. That would have put him out for four games at least. Those four games would have been Cincinnati, the Giants, Washington, and the Rams. So they are hopeful that he can come back within a month, basically. Uh, what should we? Where is CeeDee Lamb, Dave, and where is Ezekiel Elliott in the trade chart? They're much lower because of concern for how the Cowboys' offense is going to operate in the short term and kind of in the long term. That offensive line took another hit, and Ezekiel Elliott looked good when he had room to run, but he still you know, didn't put up numbers like we were hoping for from Ezekiel Elliott. Or maybe it was what we were hoping for because we weren't taking him in rounds one or two anymore. And Lamb is just huge risk just because of Cooper Rush now under center. He could have he could have a lower A dot and maybe a higher catch rate, but just not do anything with it. And I think that's almost what you have to hope for. But if 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 Dak comes back sooner than expected, then I think you could expect CeeDee Lamb to be maybe even a decent value to trade for right now if people have just gotten so tired or, or nervous, I guess is the better term, as far as Lamb goes. They might be nervous because they don't know what to expect. There are people who traded Lamb straight up for A.J. Dillon. I don't have a problem for that even in full PPR. Um, well, I, yeah, really I guess I need to it. know the names that they're around. I, I told someone, someone said, should I trade Lamb for Sutton? I said, yes. Um, you Agreed. Know. So if you're getting I, Sutton back, that's a great move. I am. I, I would am, keep Lamb over Metcalf. Okay. Yeah, I'm not certain that I would even trade. I, I was really down on Lamb at, at first glance, and I think I made the comment, "What's the difference between him and Amari Cooper?" And the difference is, is the Cowboys are still going to throw 40 times a game, right? Because they're going to be behind, and so he's going to get 10 targets a game. And it's really like you've got a group of wide receivers that we rank as I'm ranking as number two wide receivers who probably have better quarterbacks than CeeDee Lamb, but have mediocre quarterbacks and are just volume-wide receivers that are really, really good. And I think Lamb's one of those guys. So I've still got him ranked as a number two this week. But, okay, from a trade standpoint here, where would you rank him rest of season? With a, definitely not any clarity on Dak Prescott. It was supposed to be six to eight weeks. Now they're optimistic that... I mean, now they're hoping that he might not need to go on IR which was very surprising. So, you know, rest of season, CeeDee Lamb. For you, Heath, CeeDee Lamb or Cortland Sutton? Lamb. Dave? Sutton. CeeDee Lamb or Mike Williams? I've never been a huge Mike Williams guy, so I'll take Lamb. Lamb. All right. So I guess if we were redrafting today, he's probably a late third-round pick in a 12-team league for us. So it he's 17th like. among wide receivers in the trade chart in full PPR. But it's that's, a four-way tie. That seems tie. perfectly reasonable. All right. So it's a four-way tie, so at worst, he's 20th. Ezekiel Elliott or A.J. Dillon? Rest of season. Dillon. I think you can get more in trade for Dillon than Zeke right now. Ezekiel Elliott or Clyde Edwards-Elair, rest of season? Clyde. I'll take Zeke. Okay, Gibson. Would you trade Gibson for Zeke? Yes. I think you can aim higher with Gibson, but you would um, do it. I, t t Twitter poll yes. results have Patterson crushing Gibson as well. Would you trade Patterson for Zeke? I think that's because yep. people think Patterson's going to be a rest of season league winner, just like last year. I would trade Patterson. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that, but I especially believe that Gibson is going to be good now, and then potentially very bad by the time we get to mid-October. Okay, Dalton Schultz, if we're redrafting today, does he move behind Goddard and Hawkinson? I mean, I, I, even if he already was, is he now clearly behind Goddard and Hawkinson, Dalton Schultz? No. Behind Not Goddard. Uncertain on Schultz. On, Hawkinson and Schultz are kind of a push. See, we I think One Schultz more week of 10 targets for Pat Frymuth, you might be behind him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. Firemuth moved up quite a bit. Yeah, I talked about that last night with Dan because he he was pretty optimistic on Firemuth, and I just thought I just kind of feel like yeah, that week one was a Firemuth week. Week two could easily be a Claypool week. Week three could be a Pickens week. You know, I, I wasn't all that moved by by week one with the Steelers. 
you know, of course, Fryman is going to have some good weeks, but a lot of people are super high on him. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how many tight ends that we were not drafting as top seven or eight tight ends are going to have 10 target games. I was surprised by the 10 targets. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, J.K. Dobbins, Dave said it on Sunday night's recap, but Jason Lockenfora was on Fantasy Football today on Sunday morning, and he did not paint the most optimistic picture about Dobbins getting back to his old self until, you know, a little later in the year, maybe around midseason. I don't want to misquote Jason, but might want to just be a little cautious with Dobbins. I hope he comes back because they really, really need him. They had no run game against one of the worst run defenses in football from last year. Uh, so hopefully we see Dobbins this week. I don't know. Uh, Ty Montgomery's on IR. Ramondre Stevenson was dropped in our 10-team peop- for the People Podcast League, Heath. We got to put in a bid for Ramondre Stevenson. Is he? Are both Harris and Stevenson big winners here with Ty Montgomery out at least four weeks? It was so strange. Bill Belichick, all preseason, talking about how good Ramondre Stevenson is in the passing game. And then Damian Harris goes out and posts a career-high 10% target share and ran, I think, as many routes as Ty Montgomery did. And, and Montgomery was was the passing downs guy without any for sure. question. It was but, dominant on third downs. Yeah, third down. So there are like Gibson, there are passing downs sure. that are not third down. Yeah, that's right. Um I it does not look to me like from week one usage, Ramondre Steven like there's there's things that we think were going to happen that haven't happened yet. And we kind of had something that happening with Rondre Stevenson, and I didn't see any indication that was true. I don't have confidence that Stevenson's going to get more passing downs than Damian Harris this week. But they both should get more passing downs. I think so. so I would consider it's this be a just as big week. a boost for Harris as Stevenson, and Harris was ahead of Stevenson in the first place. Okay. Harris is ahead of Stevenson on running downs. Harris ran plenty of routes. It's who's going to get that third down gig. All right, guys, I failed a little bit uh, with the pace of this show because we have a lot more to get to, so I'm going to fly through the rest of these news and notes. The Saints signed Latavius Murray to the practice squad. You can just stop me if anything is really important. Uh, People are worried that that's going to impact Alvin Kamara. People are kind of freaking out about Alvin Kamara. That's a not bad buy low. He has a rib injury, I'm just worried that – what's up? He had a rib rib injury. injury. Yep. Rib injury, but they think he's going to play through it. I – You'd have to be a super panicky person to be nervous about Kamara after the one game. So that's why I don't think he's... You can try and trade for him, but most fancy managers are probably going to hang on to AK. Okay. Uh, the 49ers signed Marlon Mack. Uh, I don't think that's a big deal. Oh, they've got great confidence in those rookie running backs, huh? Brian Dable said Kadarius Tony is working his way back, so it could have been injury-related. We'll see. Mm. Uh, Lovey Smith wants Damian Pierce to get more work. He had four, he had uh, twelve touches, eleven carries, one catch. Ken I, Walker I is going to play this week. I understand how Lovey feels. Like you just you want Damian Pierce to get more work, but we just don't have any control over it, do we, Lovey? <laughs> oh man, uh, Ken Walker is going to play this week. He's eighty four percent rostered. Might make Rashad Penny tough to trust, but we'll uh, we'll talk about that game later. They're at San Francisco. Nathaniel Hackett said he should have gone for it. So he and Lovey Smith get to have do-overs this week as they face each other in Denver, Broncos and Texans. TJ Watt is out about six weeks. That is a big relief. They gave up. Sharp Football Analysis had this stat. I read it on the air on uh, Thursday, last Thursday's episode, I think. The Steelers gave up an extra yard per play without TJ Watt on the field last season compared to with TJ Watt. That, that is incredible, a yard per play. Uh, Kansas City cornerback Trent McDuffie is on IR with a hamstring injury. First-round pick corner. Uh, he'll miss at least four weeks. Hurricane, and here Harris- come the Chargers. Yeah, on a short week. Harrison Butker likely out this week, so you're probably going to need a new kicker. Alvin Kamara has that rib injury, but he's expected to be fine. And Irv Smith barely played in week one, and Minnesota head coach Kevin O'Connell said he just wasn't as much as part of the game plan as tight end Johnny Munt. So... There could be weeks where he's just not in the game plan, and that definitely takes the shine off of Irv Smith. What, what did O'Connell say about Adam Thielen? Was he not part of the game plan either? I don't know. I think maybe he said something like, well, Adam Thielen wasn't left completely wide open all day by the Packers secondary, <laughs> so we didn't throw to him, unlike Justin Jefferson. The game plan was throw to Justin Jefferson and then throw to Justin Jefferson and then keep throwing to Justin Jefferson. 
All right, guys, let's victory. Dave, uh, cue the music. It is time for Thursday Night Football Chargers at Chiefs. Stat of the game. Let's take a look at the routes run by Kansas, or sorry, by Chargers wide receivers. You see, you might see that Josh Palmer ran 25 and DeAndre Carter ran 14 in the game. But in the second half, it was basically a four way tie. Mike Williams ran 13, Palmer 12, Everett 11, Carter 11. So basically what happened was DeAndre Carter just filled in for Keenan Allen. So that's why he was. his he was routes Yeah, his routes were lower. He didn't run any or he ran yeah, he didn't run a route in the first quarter. He didn't run any when Allen was playing. Right. So Did that's basically what that was. So with that said, this look, I'm not going to get too too complicated with this game, right? We're starting Eckler, starting the quarterbacks. Which quarterback do you like better by the way? Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, we're starting uh, Mike Williams. Is he a slam dunk? Starting him without even thinking about it. He's a number two receiver. And Eckler is obviously a slam dunk, even after a slightly disappointing game. We only played like half the snaps. It's pretty low, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, okay, the tricky ones, I guess, would be the Chargers wide receivers other than Mike Williams and the Chiefs wide receivers, and then we'll talk about Clyde in a little bit. But let's let's talk wide receivers here. Who's the second best wide receiver in this game behind Mike Williams, assuming Williams is your highest-ranked guy? For me, it's Juju. I think he's a flex, though. So not really loving him as like a surefire slam dunk start. Could have a game similar to what we saw in week one. Chargers played a lot of man coverage against the Chiefs last year, and that's where I think Smith-Schuster is going to struggle. The majority of his catches last week came against zone coverage. Two of them did come against man coverage. One of them, he was lined up against a linebacker. So I don't blame Mahomes for throwing to Juju against a linebacker, and it was one of his bigger plays. I don't think the, the Chargers rather are going to do that. Uh, consider some other options with Juju. Um, for example, I've got to bring up my rankings real quick, but – a um, couple of receivers that I would start ahead of Juju this week. Uh, Tyler Boyd, I would go with him. Waddle, I would go with him. CeeDee Lamb, would go with him. And Mike Williams, too. I'm really interested in that. I mean, I'm very encouraged by Juju. He had he had eight targets. He had six catches for 79 yards. Yes, he, he did, did fumble twice. But he only played three snaps in the fourth quarter, whereas MVS played 10. Hardman played six. Sky Moore played six. Justin Watson played Edwards four. Edwards Hilaire played zero. Yeah, I know. Right. So so what what does that tell me? Tells me that the Chiefs were in a conservation mode knowing yeah. that they had a Thursday and game. And the fact that Juju Smith-Schuster had 79 yards in three quarters in a blowout win, and this game hopefully will be a shootout, I cannot imagine sitting him. But you're not saying to sit him. No. I flex, flex expectations. Okay. Heath, are you higher on Juju than Dave? We just showed my rankings that showed us in exactly the same spot, but yes. Um, oh, I didn't see that. I'm sorry. I, I, I've got him, I think, at 27. So it's he's a number three wide receiver. Uh, he and Josh Palmer are basically tied for me. I think Palmer, I'm, I'm not buying into what DeAndre Carter did last week. So I, I expect it to be Williams and Palmer getting a majority of the targets. I don't know what that spread the ball around run too much offense from the Chargers was. <laughs> As a fantasy analyst, I hate it, and I don't want those people to be in charge anymore. As a Chiefs fan, I just hope the Chargers do that all year. <laughs> um, and we'll wonder, how are the Chargers 9-8 and eight and didn't make the playoffs again? Um, but, no, I, I think you start Mike Williams. Juju and Palmer are both good number three wide receivers. I don't really want to start Carter or MVS and certainly not Sky Moore or Meikle. Josh Palmer's 26% rostered. So... He didn't do much last week because nobody had more than four targets, but he had a good game last year without Keenan Allen against the Giants. Um, I don't have those numbers right in front of me. I'm sorry, but I can get them. But he had a good game. I believe he scored. And, uh, yeah, he had 66 yards and a touchdown on seven targets when Justin Herbert threw 31 passes in that game last year. That's Josh Palmer we're talking about. So would you start Josh Palmer or Adam Thielen against the Packers? Thielen. Dave does not even rank Josh Palmer. Yeah, you're you're not going to get many names ahead of Josh Palmer for me this week. All right, let's talk about that, Dave. Heath just made the case for Palmer. He says he's got him right around where he has Juju Smith-Schuster, number three wide receiver. You're not interested in Palmer so much this week? I'll take Carter. I think he gets more. I think he's got a safer floor than Palmer. Slot receiver guy, getting the opportunity to play. 
good short yardage and medium target yarget yarget <laughs> medium range target for Justin Herbert. And if Herbert's going to throw more and they're spreading the ball around like they did last week, who's to say that they both don't end up with the same amount of targets? I think with Palmer, he's going to have to score. Uh, I don't really like either one of them. I like Gerald Everett better significantly. Heath, since you're the higher guy on Palmer, would you rather have Palmer or Rashad Bateman against the Dolphins? I've got Palmer and Juju ahead of Bateman. Would you rather have Palmer or Allen Robbins? Oh, you have them back-to-back. <laughs> I've got Robinson, then Juju, then Palmer is where I'm at now. Okay, okay. How about DK Metcalf or Palmer? DK, then Robinson, then Juju, then Palmer. Like okay. You're, you're just – just go, go to the guy right now. DJ, DK, then Juju, then Palmer, then Bateman, then Claypool, then Thielen, okay. then London. <laughs> All right, how about running backs? So Would you start Josh Palmer – Juju Smith-Schuster or Clyde? Oh, Clyde. You guys like you? How much do you like Clyde this week? Chargers run defense sucked last year, and nothing changed in Week One. No, I mean it's not that Jacobs had a great game in Week One, but a lot of metrics went against him. I, right. The worry that I have with Clyde, and I'll start Clyde ahead of Juju, even in full PPR. Um, it's just the the lack of usage. But I'm hoping the reason for it was because. The Chiefs knew that they had a Thursday game. They were blowing out the it's, Cardinals. There was no need to play Edwards Hilaire into he he was out by the middle of the third quarter. So yeah, I right, kind of right, love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Pacheco. I was gonna Pacheco say they treated him no like work. a true number one running back. He like he had I know he only had seven carries or ten touches, but ten touches in two and a half quarters, and then the game's out of hand. Don't get him hurt. Yep. And how about scheming him up for for Inside the 10 targets. He, he took, and this was what I was hoping he would do, and it may not happen anymore, but the for week one, he was used in some of those Tyreek ways in the red zone that have taken away running back touchdowns in the past. Those scheme them up just wide open in the end zone type things. Did you see the, on the, the second touchdown catch he had? Um, I think it was Valdez Scantling threw a pick on two Cardinals defenders. That really freed up Edwards Hilaire. It was an awesome play from MVS. Great block. Are you starting Clyde or Cordero Patterson against the Rams? Cordero. I, I, yeah, I've got Cordero one spot uh, higher because I'm, I feel better about the workload. All right, how about the other running back in that game, Daryl Henderson or Clyde? Clyde. Henderson and Patterson are two backs that I have quite a bit higher in week two than I do rest of season. So I'd start Henderson and Patterson over. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott against the Bengals or Clyde edwards Lair? Clyde. Same. Okay. Let's finish up here with Gerald Everett. And you guys have him around 10th. Would you start him over Dalton Schultz? No. Nope. Pat Fryermuth or Gerald Everett? Everett. Uh, I would go with the Muth. Even against New England? Even against New England. The Muth is. I think the Steelers don't, that care. don't care about Matt Titan matchups thing, but New England and the Saints are getting to the points of scaring me. 49ers, perhaps, as well. Um, well, the Bills, too, but really. Oh, really yeah. but. Uh, let's see. One more. How about uh, Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby? Higby. In PPR, I've got Higby two spots higher. I could see myself pivoting off that, though. Because I'm worried about Higby. He had so many targets in the fourth quarter when they were playing catch-up, and he stunk with them. I wonder if he you know, takes a big step back in terms of opportunities this week, particularly he, in a game that yeah. the Rams don't put up a don't have to play from behind in. I, I do think he'll take a big step back, but he had a 27% target share last week, so he could he could well, take a big step back from that. And what was his target good. share through the first three quarters? Well, I, I don't have that information. It's I can a, get it for you. It's I'm okay. moving it's Everett okay. ahead of him right that, now. Uh, we'll talk about Higby later in the week. Uh, you do have Everett ahead of Dawson Knox and Cole Komet. And that is going to do it, Dave, for Thursday Night Football. na 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 We'll take a break. When we come back, it's Worryometer Wednesday. Dave and Heath are going to tell you who they're actually worried about. We'll give you more buy lows and sell highs. I have like six more segments that we have to squeeze into 20 minutes, so we'll be right back. I'm going to go turbo ludicrous speed on fantasy football today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. Let's go. It is Worryometer Wednesday. Instead of doing the Worryometer the way we usually do it, you tell me who you're actually worried about. Dave, you said you're actually worried about Allen Robinson. You already detailed that. What I want you to do is tell me how worried you are and you know where you see them rest of season. So Allen Robinson... The Cowboys and Kyle Pitts, Dave. That's where we're starting with our Worryometer Wednesday. I feel like we're already on a Joe Boo week for Allen Robinson, that if he can't see good target share after Sean McVay told the media in the wake of their week one loss that he needs to get Allen Robinson more involved. Uh, just it would, it would shock me if he had another game with only one catch and two targets. The problem that I saw with Robinson is that he, he would find a way to get open, but by the time he was open, Matthew Stafford either threw the ball to somebody else or he was getting collapsed upon by a defending Buffalo Bill. I think the offensive line is a huge problem for Robinson if he can't get open quicker. They need to shorten his routes, and he's okay. He can get open with short out routes and in-breaking routes and stuff like that, but then they got to feed him the football to do it. So I'm I'm definitely nervous about Robinson. I've got him ranked as a flex this week. I would rather start Juju Smith-Schuster. Cowboys, pretty obvious to be worried about them because we don't know how long Dak's going to be down. And when Dak comes back, the offensive line could still be a problem. I think what you have to hope for is that the Cowboys use the next three to four games to get their offensive line working and to be in better shape than it was in week one. And then that Dak comes back, he's well protected, and the offense runs as functionally as they were hoping for before Tyron Smith got hurt. Um, from my lips to the fantasy gods, ears on that one. And then with Kyle Pitts, uh, he had seven targets. Four of them were either late throws from Mariota off-target throws, and so I'm a little nervous about him having this explosive year, and he's not on a Joe Boo week yet, but if he goes the month of September without scoring and without having a huge game for fantasy, I think people are going to start to think, "Uh uh-oh, he might be a legit but I think he needs a great quarterback. If he he gets paired with a great quarterback, I think he could be awesome. I don't know when that's going to happen. That might not happen until 2023 or Dave, hop off and back in if you wouldn't mind. Connection's going out just a little bit. Um, and we'll get right, get right back to him. So Dave said Allen Robinson he's worried about. All the Cowboys, rewind like 20 minutes, Talk about we talked about the Cowboys more in depth than Kyle Pitts. Is Kyle Pitts, uh, for you, Heath, Waller, Kittle, Pitts, how would you rank them? Still Pitts, Waller, Kittle. Um, I agree. I like. Pitts is nowhere close to a Joe Boo week because he's a tight end. He's going to be started no matter what happens. Um, but another bad week, and people are going to regret probably the third round price they paid for him. Okay, and Joe Boo week. What the hell is a Joe Boo week, you might be asking. If you've ever seen the movie Major League, <laughs> there's a moment. Bleep you, Joe Boo. I'll do it myself, though. That's one of my favorite references that you guys make. All right, Heath, you're worried about Najee Harris. Travis Etienne and Darnell Mooney, and Dave is back. So talk to me about rest of season, Harris, Etienne, and Darnell Mooney. Like, basically, the three concerns that I had about Najee Harris, will the offensive line be any better? Will his rushing efficiency be any better? Will the target share still be there? Um, Resounding no across the board in all three. And then throw in the fact that he's got a hurt foot or an ankle or both. And that makes me very concerned. He's still someone that's a high-end number two running back for me rest of season. Uh, He could still get back into the top 10 discussion, but I was low on Harris coming into week one, and week one was an an absolute disaster for him. Okay, Najee Harris. ETN, I will... He was so good when he touched the ball. He was PFF's second highest oh, wait, rated running back. Are we counting the drop as when he touched the ball? Uh, no. Because he did touch the ball. He should have had two, two, maybe three touchdowns in that game, and he was electric 
with the ball. Mm-hmm. With, how about this? With the ball in his hands. That's a better way of putting it. Um, um, and he also had, are, are we counting the time when he fumbled inside the 10 yard line? Uh, only the portion of that the when ball he had was in the his ball, hands. Only when he had the ball in his hands. <laughs> <laughs> he had the ball and then he didn't. So I'm the not thing counting that. From the moment the ball was knocked out of his hands, I've, the I've turned off the TV. Me, the dude's electric. Yeah. There's no question. But he does the things that drive, he did and has done the things that drive coaches wild. He, he should have had a touchdown and dropped it. He fumbled inside the 10-yard line. He does have a tendency to not run exactly where the play is designed and try to hit a home run every single play. I think he's going to have some monster weeks. He's a fine flex this week, but yes, I'm worried. He had six touches, Travis Etienne. It's hard to Which know. Which is awful. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. Would you rather have James Robinson or Travis Etienne rest of season? Robinson. Dave? Etienne. And I'm worried about both. I, I don't know. I still don't think this is a good offense. And they both played at exactly the same number of snaps. Most concerning, maybe. I believe Etienne played more snaps in the first half. Robinson played more in the second half. Um, like, yuck. Definitely <laughs> worried if I drafted him in the first four rounds. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. This was Etienne's first NFL game. True. I, I'm willing to give him a pass to some degree. The the drops, that stuff, I can't get past. But everything else, I, I get it. I get why Jacksonville may not have fed him a ton. I get why they might have split those reps with Robinson. They might have had a plan going into the game where ETN would play more than Robinson, and then Robinson ended up going off early on, and they said, crap, he's good. Let's let him roll. And that could continue to happen, and, and I've said it before. You could see Robinson play more than ETN over the course of the year, but I still think ETN is. We we've talked about it already in the last two minutes. He's he's fun to watch. He can change, and and those mistakes aren't going to happen every week. At least I hope they don't happen every week. And he's still going to be a useful fantasy piece. He he's a much better prospect, and so he probably won't be this at all. But the name that. Pops into my head. No, I, I think know. it was the first screaming argument that Adam and I ever had. On I this know show. what you're going to say. Oh, CJ Spiller. CJ Spiller. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. So let's move on. All right. So you guys gave me a whole bunch of sell highs. You also were worried about Darnell Mooney. You did talk about that earlier in the show. He had three targets in a game where they were trailing and threw 17 times. They're at Green Bay this week. Then the schedule does get a lot easier after that for Mooney. But we'll we'll reevaluate. Uh, you gave me a whole bunch of buy lows and sell highs. I do want to get to the fantasy cops as well. If you could do me a favor, give me, Heath, give me all your buy lows in two minutes. My all buy low team, it's a two QB team. Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Aaron Jones, Josh Jacobs, CD Lamb, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Mark Andrews. Most of these make perfect sense. The Josh Jacobs one might concern people a little bit, but I was really encouraged that he was not sharing carries with Zamir White. I don't think that he's going to be in quite as bad a situation as we thought. I actually like him this week against a very bad Arizona defense. He could be a low-end number two running back. Everything's fine. I don't know what happened with the Aaron Jones thing, but he led the team in route participation as a running back. Things are going to be a-okay for Aaron Jones. And Justin Fields and Trey Lance are low-end QBs. Low-end starting, low-end QBs in week one. Mm-hmm. Low-end starting QBs, high-end number twos. We don't care about how bad their floor is. Go buy low just in case they hit their ceiling. That was beautiful. Dave, same thing for you. Give me your buy lows. DK Metcalf, TJ Hawkinson, Tom Brady. I already talked about Metcalf. Hawkinson, I think, is going to be a consistent target getter. And so if you're if you're streaming tight ends to begin the year, maybe add Njoku. Ugh, that didn't work out. See if you can make a cheap deal to get Hawkinson. I think he'll be worth starting week in and week out. And Brady had a bad game, and I know he's not going to have Godwin for the next three or four weeks. But I still feel like, especially, maybe wait a week. Wait a week. he plays the Saints. This yeah. Week. Wait one week on Tom Brady. But maybe put the blueprint down, find the Tom Brady manager in your league, and start working on the parameters of a deal, and then hammer it home after this game against the Saints. And then you'll be a week closer to Godwin being back, too. That's a win-win all the way around. He's going to have some great numbers this year. You just got to be patient. And my buy low is Traylon Burks, 78% rostered. 
this is a guy that you throw into a trade offer. Say, oh yeah, give me Traylon Burks. He played 37% of the snaps and got 55 yards on five targets against the Giants. That snap count is going to go up. Traylon Burks has a great chance to be the best wide receiver for the Titans and a really good fantasy contributor. It takes time for rookie wide receivers. I was encouraged that he contributed well, 55 not yards. Not for Kyle Phillips. But <laughs> exactly. Kyle it, Phillips is there already. Traylon I, I Burks, think their two best wide receivers are going to be rookies. Yeah, Traylon Burks will be better than Kyle Phillips. Love Kyle Phillips. And, Go get him. And, and Burks way. might get dropped. If you see Burks get dropped in your league, I think you should definitely stash him. All right, let's Agreed. do sell high or Heath side. These are from the listeners should we sell high or don't sell high? Michael Thomas. If you could get someone to value Michael Thomas like a top 12 wide receiver, I would 100% sell high. And he used to be a top 12 wide receiver. I think he finished the top 12 wide receiver this week. If you could make that argument, sell high. He was terrible for the first three quarters, and then he turned it on. So did Jameis in the fourth quarter. I, I am cautiously optimistic that Michael Thomas is back. Uh, would would you rather have CeeDee Lamb or Michael Thomas? Thomas. Hmm. I would rather have Lamb. Jeff Wilson, sell high or Heath sigh? Love the idea of adding Jeff Wilson, then trading him for almost anything. (laughs) Yes. Yes! Anything Jaguars, sell high or Heath sigh? I guess that's Robinson and Kirk. I thought about saying sell high on Kirk, but... I don't think I believe it. I think he's going to continue to see a lot of targets. I think this is a team that does throw a lot. Does that mean that Robinson is a sell high? Maybe. If you can get top 15 return on James Robinson, go for it. Robinson was one of my sell highs. Um, So, yes, do it. Do it, do it. Uh, Would you rather have Christian Kirk, who had 12 targets and 117 yards, or DK Metcalf? Metcalf. Okay. Yeah, like Kirk, look, if you can turn him into a, a guy who was picked in the first three rounds, you can turn him into DJ. You take DJ Moore over Kirk? Yes. And CD Lamb. Yes. But you also could just sit there and be perfectly happy with your Christian Kirk draft pick, which is probably going to be a very good pick. Yep. Uh, Clyde Edwards Elair, sell high or. Uh, mm. <laughs> sell high or he'd sigh. <laughs> there you go. Say it. I'm going to make Heath say it. He did. He just sighed. So does that mean? That means don't sell high on Clyde. That's what the oh, sigh means. The, there's the, the, the upside potential if Clyde is just the lead running back in this offense all season long is a league winning pick in round seven or eight. What's the downside again? Uh, he could lose his job. Hmm. Yeah, he he was not okay. The the Kansas City running back snap counts in the first three quarters: Clyde twenty four, McKinnon twenty four, Pacheco four. So he was not splitting with Pacheco, but Pacheco's a rookie, and like I always say, takes time. He was splitting though with McKinnon. The fact that he caught two touchdowns is which we knew going into the year. I thought would be reason to sell high on Clyde Edwards Elair, but there will be games where he has rushing touchdowns. Also, like. I don't think, and I should just run the poll with all four of them now, I guess. I don't think anybody thinks that Clyde is a top 15 running back. Yeah. What am I going to sell high as a a high-end flex? (laughs) Right. No. Right. Unless you come across a desperate fantasy manager who just lost Elijah Mitchell or is scared of Najee Harris or Alvin Kamara, and they want to have that extra insurance, and maybe they took some extra receivers, and you drafted Clyde in round six, seven, eight. So you can afford to part ways with him for somebody who was drafted significantly right. higher. That's not a bad idea. This isn't sell to get the name of the segment isn't sell to get rid of them because you don't think they're any good or Heath Sigh. It's sell high or right. Heath Sigh. Exactly. All right, Dave. There's a segment on this show today. We're gonna end with fantasy cops, but first we're having a team name contest. Heath and I share a team. We need a team name. It's our ten team superflex league. We have Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and Tua Tungavailoa. We have Jonathan Taylor. We have Cooper Cup. We have two Jets on our team, Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. Uh, Mike Williams is on the team. So uh, we both were... Ta- I-, I said to Heath, let's try to come up with a team name for our team, and whoever has the better one, it sticks. I did not come up with anything good, Heath. I don't know about you. I couldn't come up uh, with anything. I did not come up with anything good enough because we have a collection of names... 
um, that we're, should just produce fantasy team names. So that the best that I have so far, and we can workshop this, Adam, I think you can help me make it better. Um, but the best we have, you didn't mention we also have J.K. Dobbins. I don't mm, know if you did I did not. not mention that, no. Um, and we have Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and two as our three quarterbacks. Two of my favorite breakout QBs, J.K. <laughs> Okay, it's a little wordy. Uh, I came up since we have Tua and we have Cup. I Tua one cup. Nah, Tua guys one cup. Tua guys one cup. I also have two Jets one cup because we have two Jets and Cooper Cup. Um, and then since we have Lance and Fields, I have Lance Field classification, which, as we all know, is a serial serological method for classifying streptococci into one of Can twenty groups. Can we trade groups. for Rashad Penny? And go with Penny and the Jets? Based on, oh, that'd be bad. Based on the presence of polysaccharide and tachoic acid antigens in the bacterial cell wall. So if you want to get scientific with strep throat, we could do Lancefield classification. Otherwise, I think two a guys, one cup is not bad. Thank you. Or, so Dave won the contest? Um, <laughs> what's my prize? Please email us or send tweets at Amy. Adam Azer with better... Yeah. Um, I had another one. Um, fields to a tray, like farm to table, fields to a tray. I mean, that is very heathy. It's really bad, but also funny. Um, I, I right. think you should call it running past Jamie's house every morning. Yeah, that we do. I did run this morning. I didn't run past Jamie's house, but I went 2.7 miles. 2.7 miles. That could be our team name. 2.7 <laughs> miles. It was actually 2.69 <laughs> Oh, okay. Even better. All right. So that was uh, a team name contest where everybody loses. Let's do some fantasy cops here. This is from Miles. In a 12-team PPR league, someone uh, we have some serious yet creative shenanigans that happened. A member in my league created screenshots that looked like they were taken from ESPN that stated Austin Eckler would be out with a hamstring injury for four <laughs> four weeks. <laughs> Oh he stated that ESPN, Don't tell me. ESPN Plus got injuries earlier than everyone else. The manager was offering to trade Bateman and, and Hunt for Eckler and Tony. And due to the worries of the supposed injury to the other, the other manager accepted the trade and gave up Eckler and Tony for Bateman and Hunt. He Should this be allowed to stand or should the manager learn his lesson for being an idiot? So he created, and I saw the screenshots. Like He created these screenshots that said Austin Eckler was going to miss four weeks, basically. <laughs> How nefarious. How evil. This is so easy. I love it, so and I funny. wish I had thought of it. Obviously, the trade needs to be overturned. Like, that is so dirty. Yeah. You cannot do that. But it is really I mean, funny. But the funnier part of this is, did Bateman and Kareem Hunt quadruple Austin Eckler and Cradarius Tony in week one in fantasy points? Or even Maybe. more? Maybe, yeah. Quite possible. Both of them had great weeks. Like, that's justice. It is, but I'd still want the trade overturned. Justice would be... Keith, a, have you ever been offered money to, to tweet something false so that somebody in some fantasy league uses our tweet to try and take advantage of another? No, but I would be willing. <laughs> DMs are open. Yeah, uh, I haven't been paid enough or offered enough pizza to do such a thing. It would okay. take a lot. Um, all right, let's do one more here. From Nate in California. Dear Fantasy Cops, I joined a league, and as I was reviewing the settings, I realized that it allowed bench players to be dropped after the game has been played. I saw this as an opportunity to use my last bench spot to take some flyers on players uh, using that bench spot. So I dropped Jeff Wilson for Isaiah McKenzie on Thursday night, and then I dropped McKenzie for Sammy Watkins, and then I dropped Watkins for Rashad White. When I dropped Watkins, another manager noticed this and made a complaint in the league chat. I pointed out the setting and said any manager could do the same thing, as he should as well. While we were discussing this, the commissioner changed the setting. If that's the way it's supposed to be, I guess it's better late than never. Not a big deal. But on Monday night at 9 p.m., before waivers are about to run, the commissioner just force-dropped Rashad White from my team. I think this is a huge overstep. The commissioner is a friend, and I know he also listens to your show. Please regulate. I think I should either get Jeff Wilson back, since I might not have dropped him if the setting was correct in the first place, or at the very least be able to keep Rashad White. What do you guys think? I agree. I, I think you either get to keep White because the rules were 
it was fair game to do when you made the move. And if it wasn't fair game and it was an oversight from the commissioner, then the commissioner deserves a smack across the face and he needs mm. to put Jeff Wilson back on your team now. Rashad White should be on your team. The commissioner should be penalized um, and mocked. You don't like. Just hey, wait, 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 wait. He set the settings Heath. up correct. He listens. He listens. Reverse moves. He listens to the show. The commissioner. Listens What's his to name? The show. Do we know his name? This is not one of those where you can just kick him out of the league with no consequence. Here, he's listening right now. So, commish. Yeah. No, you his do name, not his have the Bill. authority to correct your mistake in this way. Okay, Bill. Uh, do, don't be. Don't be a dope, Bill. <laughs> okay. All right, that's um, it. We had one more yeah, fantasy go, cops, didn't we? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go, go. I'm in a 12-team league where the commissioner is just busier than everybody else. So right before waivers run, he always drops the guy he's going to drop so that he doesn't have to put that drop guy every time that he goes to add a waiver claim. And then he just puts in a claim for everybody he wants to add. What happens when he does that? <laughs> is that often he will pick up four or five more players than are eligible to be on his roster, preventing other people from picking them up with $0 bids. This morning, I took screenshots and sent them to the judge, Adam Azer, uh -huh. showing that this commissioner had four quarterbacks on his <laughs> roster. He'd picked up three. He has four more players, I believe, on his roster than are currently legal. And now when he drops those players, they're going to go back on waivers for two more days. And sounds legal to me. If I could ask you a <laughs> if I could ask you a question, counsel, none of this would have happened if said commissioner hadn't dropped the original player and made made single ad drops with that player each time, right? Correct. You would have just gotten one guy. Yeah. Uh, what do you have to say for yourself, Kamish? I think uh, if it's allowed by the website, then it's certainly fair game that everybody in the league. Could also take advantage. Oh, that's a terrible. That's a terrible idea. That's it. That, he's laughing. All right, you're you're out, buddy. Oh, so, hold you're on. Out. So now I got to figure out how to fix that. <laughs> I will. I will ask about how I fix that. So I don't. And the problem is when you have IR spots, it allows you to roster extra players even if they're not IR eligible. So that's what happened. I'm thinking that Dave didn't go over his roster maximum because of the IR spots, so he was able to pick up all those. Players. No, no, no. I'm over the roster maximum. He's way over. Oh. I'm over by at least one. Yeah, but I think I think you're still. Right. I think because of the IR, IR spots, you're allowed to pick them up in the first place, and then it says your roster's illegal. That's right. tough. You it could is just shady. you could just it put them shady. back on waivers without the two day thing, though. Just leave yeah. Tyler Johnson on your roster. Yeah, he's right. And have to hit the button every time, like yeah. all the rest of us. He's do. right. He's right. All right, that's no, it for the I, show. That I disagree with. <laughs> I think right. I'm allowed to cut players whenever I want. He's he's solving the problem here. Uh, anyway, yeah, thank I, you all. I disagree. That's not a problem that needs to be solved. Oh, it, it, I'm the, I'm the boss here. That problem definitely needs to be solved. Really? Would you like to be the commissioner of the league moving forward? I did not consider that, and no, I would not. Thank you to Dave and okay, thank you to then. Heath. You're not the boss. We will talk to you all tomorrow on Fantasy Football Today. <laughs>